This episode of Poetic Properties with Complex is brought to you by Infinitely Complex Production and sponsorship with Peacefully Flawed Apparel, where we believe that no matter the darkness, we have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. Thank you for tuning in to the Poetic Property Podcast. I am your host, Complex the Poet, father, author, and entrepreneur. It has been a rough two weeks. Um, last week, or the week before last, the YouTube episode was horrendous. I don't know what happened. The settings got messed up. I couldn't fix it. Got extremely frustrated not being able to fix it. Um, that bothered me. And also, I was discouraged and going through some mental stuff as well. Excuse me. Um but yeah, it, it it bothered me, and I spent the week trying to fix the issue, trying to figure it out, reset everything, and nothing was working at all. And I was able, I was unable to produce an episode last week due to technical difficulties, uh, which really bothered me. Like I said, because I was already going through stuff mentally, and this is my outlet. Even though, excuse me, even though I'm here to. Uh, to make sure we all get through and keep going. It's also a thing where these are my sessions as well. Like, so when I'm saying certain things and I'm just um, venting, when I go back and listen to it, these things that I'm venting about and the way that I want to uh, behave and maneuver through everything, it allows me to take notes and uh, keep these things in the front of my mind. So without having that session last week, it was very frustrating, uh, very discouraging. And it was just crazy. It was crazy. Like I it just been like I've been frustrated at work and is is it's really like it's annoying because it's the end of the year. I know they're gonna start wilding and doing crazy stuff and saying crazy things and putting crazy pressure on you to meet goals um, and everything like that. Like I know it's gonna happen every year, but it 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 still doesn't make it any less annoying that it happens. And that's kind of what's been going on for the past month or so. But this past couple of weeks, it has been like out of control, in my opinion. But again, it's work. Got to do what I got to do until uh, I can make my entrepreneur stuff be the primary source of income. So that's what, that's one of my goals. That's one of my main goals that I'm really working on is to grow in the business in full so that I can uh, make my own schedule. I don't have to have those level of frustrations. I am like, I see people online saying how, you know, they complained about their nine to five because they had to work all day, yada, yada, whatever. And then uh, when they transition into being their own boss, how it's just a 24 seven uh, job. And I understand that. So I don't want to make it like I don't know that there are frustration frustrations in all levels of business, but I would rather be tired from working on the things that I want to work on. I would rather be frustrated about figuring out things that are directly going to benefit me and my family and not, you know, someone else. Or let me not say not someone else, because I do want to make sure that people around me are doing well and good. And if I can help, I want to help. But corporations is what I'm saying. So it, it was, it's one of those things that until I'm able to just get out of corporate America, I know that those frustrations are going to come. And even though I know that 
it still was getting on my nerves. Um, like I was already, I was already weighed down mentally over so much. And this month in particular is very, very hard, very, very hard. Um, because it's closer to the reminder, right? Like once I get past Christmas Eve, I could kind of calm down, um, attempt to calm down. It's still fresh. And though I try to, I try to make sure that I'm living life and not allowing the death of my daughter to hinder my, my emotional, uh, mental growth. It's just, it's just really hard. I just don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how not to feel like I feel. And so with that in my mind and having and, and having this stuff going on at work and there's other stuff, just finances, uh, health stuff. It's just it was a crazy, crazy, crazy two weeks. And. Yeah, I had to. I had to just get through it. Like I tell you guys, keep pressing, keep moving. Um, I I did stop and kind of think about everything. Like when I, uh, like when stuff is hitting me like really, really hard. Even though I say keep going, keep pressing, keep moving, it's it's one of those things that I just I gotta stop and I have to allow myself to to figure out that emotion, figure out that thing. Um, that's bothering me and not compress it, but allow it to flow through how it's going to flow through and then uh, move on like or, or, or just keep going uh, forward. Now, I'm not saying that that thing is going to completely um, dissipate. It is going to be there, but it, but allowing myself to feel how I feel about it is going to reduce the stress and, and, and mental fog that comes with said issue. Um, but I, unfortunately I have the issue of anxiety and depression and it sucks because the depression is from negative things and frustrations and stress and, and pain and, and all of that. But the anxiety that I struggle with is I see myself in a better place, but it's taken me so long to get there. It's like I'm like my mind is already there, but my finances, my physical being, my emotional being is not there. So it's just stirring up more uh, more things. So like I said, I stop and I, I I write things down. I try my best to let the feeling go through, and however I feel after that, I try to just keep focus on, you know, doing what I'm supposed to do at work, making sure that I'm mentally present for, you know, my kids and my God kids and stuff like that. But yeah, over the holiday, um, over the holiday, we ate, we sat down, we ate as a family, um, for Thanksgiving. And even though I know what Thanksgiving is, it's not really like, I don't even go all out no more. Um, I just like to cook and, and us being off, uh, work in, in school, you know, that's the day of the year that they're willing, because they're teenagers and preteens, that they're willing to to sit down and have dinner. And so I'm asking the kids, like, of course, like everybody else, 
you know, what what are you thankful for this year? And of course they they were they were thankful for the most randomest things. And so it took a while to get it took a while to get going for them to kind of want to say anything. So I asked my my difficult child first, uh Nanu, because I just I know him. So when he finally got around to saying what he was grateful for, he was like, Oh, uh, I'm grateful for the house. Um and then I, I think he said I'm I'm grateful. What did he say? I think he said I'm grateful for the house and then I'm grateful for my phone or something like that to be able to communicate. And so I'm like, no. And so we went on. We went on and I just I I was like, give me the phone. Cause I was trying to show him, you're grateful for something that that can get taken away from you. You're grateful for a, a for material like that. That's weird to me because so much has happened throughout the year, whatever. Um, and so I put my phone, they phone, I put them together so they could understand. Like we, that's not that's not what this is. So I asked him again, "What are you grateful for?" Mind you, there's something that he should have like it should have been the first thing on his mind, but it wasn't. And I was like, whatever. So. Go around the table, um, my littles, oh, I'm grateful for you. You know, I expect them to be, I, I, I expect them to, to, to do that. And actually, they didn't say they was grateful for me. They both, they, the, the King and Carson said they were grateful for materials as well. And then they were like, oh, we're grateful for the house, we're grateful for clothes, uh, a TV, whatever. Uh, so I got to Junior. Junior was like, you know, I'm grateful for you, you know, what you do, yada, yada, whatever. And I'm still kind of looking at Nanu wanting. I'm looking into him because there's something else that he should have been grateful for. And I was trying to get him to understand that uh, it's OK to be grateful for the materials. It is. But when you go through certain things, you there's a life changing aspect to it. And so. I wasn't telling him what to say. I didn't mention it, but I wanted him to really think about it. And then probably like after 10 minutes, he was like, I'm grateful because I could have died when I had COVID. I'm grateful that, you know, I didn't have super crazy symptoms and, you know, I was able to make it through. And so I was like, yo, like, why, why is it so hard for you to be appreciative of that? Because we don't do this all the time because I know my kids and I know kids in general, they don't really like having those tough emotional conversations where you got to be all in your feelings and stuff like that, which I wasn't trying to do. I just really wanted I wanted to know what they were thankful for or grateful for. And. We got through it, whatever, and it was my turn to be grateful and. This was it was difficult for me because I am genuinely a grateful person, right? And I sat there and I looked them all in the face and I said, you know what? Uh, this year I'm thankful for me. I'm thankful for every single thing that I went through um, mentally, emotionally, at work, 
uh, with friendships, with relationships, uh, relationships. I'm grateful for all that because I'm still here and I'm still standing. I made it through all of that. I didn't lose who I was. I uh, didn't step out of character for any of the issues that are going on in my life as a result to how I deal with people. I'm thankful that I was able to be comfortable in my opinions, be respectful, and and stand on who I am and who I say that I am. Very grateful for that. I said, I am grateful for me being able to get through COVID and understand how life altering that would have been for you all. Because even though we, even though a lot of times as a family, we don't outwardly show our love towards each other. I know how much we all love each other as a unit. And I know how much the, uh, if, if Keanu would have lost the battle with COVID, if I would have lost the battle with COVID, I know that what that would have did to the rest of the family. But I've been waiting for them to show a different level of appreciation to life, because especially the older two, because they're getting ready to be in a real world, and they need to understand how important their life is. And so I was—that's all I was really wanting to know. You know what they were thankful for, and so I didn't say I was thankful for them. It's not that I'm not thankful for them, but they're. At some point, I have to start building me back up. And I'm grateful that I still do this podcast. I'm grateful that I'm able to help people. I'm grateful that um, people want to hear the podcast. But I'm, I'm, I'm grateful because I'm able to, to stand strong and continue to fight the anxiety, continue to fight the depression, and continue to fight everything that comes up against me and do it in a respectful way that is comforting to, to me and not in a way that I it, it has to be an ego thing. Because I don't I don't have time for egos. I, I just I really don't. Um I'm not a prideful person in a sense of I can't I can't see right and wrong in myself. I'm very high on my accountability and how I treat people, but I'm more so high on how I want to get treated and I'm have a I have a zero tolerance. I have a I have a I have a zero tolerance for disrespect. Forgiveness is allotted for mistakes. Once it becomes a thing that is being done to me repetitively or once it's a thing that I tell you, hey, that's hurting me. And you you refuse to understand that, then I got to get away from you. And I gotta and I gotta be comfortable with that. So it doesn't matter how close we are, how cool we are, it doesn't matter if we're friends, if we're blood, doesn't matter if you my boss or a coworker, like I, I have to get you out of out of my space. I and 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 not necessarily out of my space because I'll still do whatever I need to. Like I don't wish no ill will, but I wish you to get away from me because you don't understand. And it's fine. And I don't take it personal or anything like that because uh when people are important to you, you'll do what you can to make sure everything is okay. I'm not saying be fake. I'm not saying walk on eggshells. But what I'm saying is there will be a very high level of respect and a very high level of understanding and how you, you know, how you deal with things. And especially as a result to being hurt. 
And because it's it's a difficult thing that people don't understand, uh, because they don't understand it within themselves, right? I got I, I I have to protect myself because if I don't protect myself, then nobody will do it. Because it's no it's no one's responsibility to protect me. Like I'm an adult, I have my own family. Once I reach adulthood, once I start creating a family, I have become the protector of myself and my family. So I have to do that. When I was younger, and then you know, even as of maybe about five, six years ago, my mind of protection was aggressive, like fighting. Like I gotta protect them like that. I gotta protect myself and fighting and not be no punk and 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 be aggressive and show that I'm an alpha and stuff like that. Excuse me. But as I start searching for this peace, I start realizing the protection is it, it, the the physical protection is there because it's natural instinct as a human being is to protect yourself. But for me, I wasn't protecting my mental. I wasn't making sure I was protecting the kids' mental. I was protecting them overall. And when I'm in isolation, they in isolation. So if you do me wrong, then my, you're not seeing my kids, talking to my kids, anything like that. Uh, that's just something that is just, that's how I am. And so I start realizing within the past past six years, as I've been on this journey, almost seven years, that I've been on this journey to really start holding myself accountable and breaking myself down and breaking these situations down, um, really to work on the mental part, right? Really to, to pay attention to how people treat me and process it correctly, you know, not just from a, oh, well, I've been knowing you for 20 years. I know you don't mean nothing by that. No. If you disrespectful and you disrespectful, that's just what it is. It don't matter how long that I, that I've known you, and because of that, I don't talk to a lot of people anymore. Because I start realizing that's not friendship. Like that's that's an associate's behavior. Meaning, like if I see you in passing, I'm gonna speak to you. Not I'm a I'm a keep in contact with you and and hit you up on socials and check on you and do stuff like I'm not doing that because you've shown me that we are associates and not friends and not uh, uh, and not family whether whether blood or not you because your family is who you make it right and I just lost my train of thought like I'm very passionate about protecting my my mental that's essentially what I think that I was getting at um, is that the importance of knowing how you want to be dealt with, especially when you are going through something. It's important that when you are going through something, you calibrate yourself to handle the outside stuff. So as I talk about often, I have to recalibrate as a result to death when I'm dealing with people. I have to recalibrate when people are talking about the, you're talking about their kids. I have to recalibrate the emotion of losing my kid. I have to recalibrate the emotion of the situation I'm in with, you know, my oldest, my oldest daughter. I have to recalibrate that so when I respond, I'm not responding from my feelings. I'm not giving you advice. I'm not giving you a shoulder. I'm not giving you an ear. I'm not giving you a response from my issues. I'm listening to what you are saying and I'm understanding and we're moving forward that way. If you don't allot me that same respect, 
I have to protect me. And so that's what I was telling the children. Like, that's why I'm grateful, because I was able to protect myself respectfully. I, I didn't lash out on anybody. I didn't I wasn't disrespectful. I was able to understand this situation doesn't fit me how it should or this person doesn't treat me, you know, how they should, because I'm not a person that like. I'm going to treat you how you treat me. I'm going to treat you how I want to treat you because I respect you and I love you. And I want to be able to be a progression in your life. I don't want to hold you back. I don't want to create chaos in your life. And I'm going to do that. Um, even I, 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 I know sometimes people's feelings get hurt on accident, right? I really even try my hardest to to word things correctly and stuff when I'm dealing with people. And I understand that, you know, some people are a little bit tougher than others. Some people are a little bit more sensitive than others. Um, I take that into account. If people walk out of my life because they feel that I'm not, I, I, I wasn't doing my job or I wasn't fulfilling their need as whatever role that they put me in, I don't, I don't trip because I, because I understand that, it's no, it's not personal. It's simply a, this doesn't fit my life and I have to protect myself. And sometimes it, it it's not even a, a negative thing. Sometimes it's just, it's a reason, season, and a lifetime. And that thing has passed and it's just time to, to, to move on. And so that's why I was telling them, like, like, I don't want to, it didn't, it didn't, I didn't care if it sounded selfish because one of my things is teaching them how to be selfish properly. And when it comes to re protecting yourself, protecting your mental, protecting your space, it's going to come off as being selfish. And I wanted them to understand that. I wanted them to to know that I wasn't doing this like out of arrogance. Like I, I'm genuinely thankful of the things that I was able to get through this year um, and keep going. It's hard. It's hard. I struggle every single day mentally. I struggle every day. Not even going not I'm not even going front. But the reality of life is I have kids that I have to take care of. I have my god kids that, you know, I help I'm helping raise. Um I have to be at work. I have to be present mentally if if the school calls, I have to be present uh uh present mentally to commu communicate with their mother like i have to, i have to be it's difficult i think i said 2 weeks ago it's catching up to me because i'm starting to move too fast i'm not giving enough time to said issue i'm not giving enough time to uh process I'm 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 letting it hit and then I'm like all right I got to be up because the kids are going to ask for haircuts the kids are going um want to be on a PlayStation, the kids got homework, the kids got basketball, the kids want to play football, like I have to be present. But beneath all of that, it's turmoil and it's chaos going on inside of me. And I'm fighting it and I'm moving the best way that I can. And that's what I was trying to get them to, that's what I was trying to get them to understand. This month as a whole is very difficult. It's, it, it's very difficult. Um, tomorrow is my, uh, well, by the time you, by the time this airs, 
my it would it would have been my father in law's at the time uh, birthday, and he's no longer with us. And he that's my guy. Like that was my guy. And thinking about him, because it's been a while, it's been some time now, but it, like it's still fresh, because that was my guy. So dealing with that mentally, having to calm that emotion down because King's birthday is on the 18th. So I can't put this pain and I can't put this hurt uh, 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 of losing his papa. Like I can't put that on. Like it's his birthday. I gotta be. I gotta be happy. I gotta. I gotta be excited because this is my baby's birthday and he didn't. He didn't do nothing to to deserve me not to be there emotionally. It's difficult, but I have to calibrate that in my mind. Like, you got to get to it. But then his birthday is on the 18th. Kennedy passed on the 24th. I don't even need to tell you how, how I feel about that. Because I've said it multiple times. So imagine... Somebody that I'm extremely close with, my father-in-law at the time, I'm triggered by his birthday. Like, I miss him. I'm not, I'm not going to hold you. I don't care what happened in the relationship with his daughter. I don't care what's going on. I miss him because who he was to me, not because his daughter. Right? I got I to gotta, I gotta dead that, be excited for King. So I'm attempting to be excited for King. The whole thing is like, damn, once his birthday passed, I have to deal with 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 the death of Kennedy. I have to uh, I have to deal with it no matter how hard it hits me. No matter the reality of the situation, I know she's not coming back. I get it. I have to let that go. And then be happy and present and 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 oh loving for Christmas. The turmoil that that causes since Kennedy passed of having to be so emotionally down or un, or unable to control your emotions as a result to being extremely sad extremely depressed to having to attempt to fight those same uh, uh, depressive thoughts and feelings to be happy when everything is, is, is what it is. And I struggle with that throughout the year. It's heavy and I know people don't understand. I, 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 I get it. But I'm telling you, it's very, very hard for me to get up and do these sessions, but it's needed because I will lose my mind. I will lose my mind if I'm if I don't get up and and attempt to be present, if I don't get up and go to work, if I don't get up and let the kids annoy me, let the God babies Coco Melon me to death like I like I have to. I need something to to 
to be able to balance those depressive thoughts with on a positive side. I need to be able to my my kids that are here living. I need them to be able to annoy me, to distract me from I don't have two I don't have my daughters here. I need that distraction from my boys. Because that's just how it is. So I so it's not that I'm faking. It's not that I'm faking, or that I'm more depressed this time, or or less depressed this time. It's that the reality of what's causing the depression is December. December gonna come to the day I'm no longer here. I'm not speaking into existence that I always will feel like this in the month of December, or have these thoughts throughout the year. Understanding that December is right there. But right now, that pain and that depression and that anxiety is strong. And I wake up every day and I tell myself, you're going to beat this. Somehow, some way, you are going to beat this. Whether it's extra therapy, whether we double up on these episodes, whether time just passes and it, I'm, uh, I, I'm able to calm down, whether the medicine, uh, whether I have to uh, increase the... the uh, Depression medicine, like whatever, I believe that I'm going to be able to beat this. When? I don't know. But I have that faith in me that I'm going to be okay eventually. Maybe, you know, there's somebody who listening to this podcast who have struggled with this. And maybe the reality is I'm always going to feel like this. Who knows? But I'm going to uh, I'm going to keep saying that I'm going to get better. I'm going to keep saying I'm going to beat it because I can't I can't sit down. I can't allow this to be the thing that takes me out. I can't allow this to to as long as I breathe, as long as I have life, as long as I can get to the light, I'm going to get to it because I have to. I say all the time, the journey is what the journey is supposed to be. And I have to accept and be ready and, and prepared for everything good or bad. I'm hurting and I'm bothered and I'm depressed and there's high level of anxiety and things. Uh, I have social anxiety, I, like people being like, it's just so much that goes on. But I have to be present because my kids need me to be present. They didn't ask to be here. So. I got to protect them. I got to make sure they are cultivating their mental properly. I got to make sure they are creating their boundaries and borders properly set to them, not me. So that they don't have to go through this. If they need therapy, I'm going to get them therapy. We've done it. You know, we've, we've done it before. So we're, this is a house that we are not playing with our mental. It, it, it is what it is. I tell them, like I tell y'all, come to me and talk to me. I might not have the answers. I may have the answers and it might be, it might be something that you don't want to hear. But I'm here to, to have the conversation with you. I'm here to, to be a part of your growth. I'm here to allow you to help me like... I'm attempting to help you. So for, uh, as usual, hit me up if if you have a conversation, if you just want to say a comment, if you need to vent. We all are in this together. Uh, Poetic Properties 
on Twitter, Poetic Properties Podcast on IG. Leave a comment under the YouTube or any of the uh, the audios. I believe on any of the audio, Google uh, Google Podcasts, Apple, Spotify. You would have to leave a review um, for me to be able to to see it. But whatever you got to do, whatever you got to do, go ahead and. And do it so we can have that conversation and make sure that we're good mentally. And if we're not making sure that uh, we're encouraged to continue to to fight and not give up on ourselves, because that's one of the things that comes with, with depression is wanting to give up on yourself and not understanding your value, um, not understanding your value in life. So it's important that you have someone that not gives you that value of life, but that helps you understand how important that you are. Like that, that's key to, to, that's key to your growth. It's key to your growth. So this podcast was, was, was built for that. Like I said, in the beginning, this was, this podcast in my eyes was on accident. It was not what I planned for it to be or how I planned for it to be, but it turned into this and it became it, it became something. Um, I keep saying. Like, I want to apologize to everybody who listens to this podcast and or uh, watches like if you support the podcast in any way, I want to apologize because I keep saying when this pod becomes a thing, it's gonna it's gonna hit, and I can't wait for this pod to take off. Uh, uh, one day somebody gonna hear this pod and they gonna be like boom, and it, it's gonna go to the moon. I want to apologize. I didn't realize, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna be honest. I mean, I said I didn't realize. Um, It wasn't brought to my attention in a way that I could accept until the past couple days that this podcast is a thing. The people who listen to it, listen to it because it is a thing. It's disrespectful for me to say when it becomes a thing because that's, that's insinuating that I'm not appreciative of the seven listeners that I have now um, or the seven listeners that communicate with me now because the pod is international. In my mind, I'm like, oh, maybe they're just listening to it just to learn English or maybe, you know, these people are listening to the podcast because I'm their friend and they, you know, they're just wanting to support. And never in my mind, it did it click. Uh, what's today? today it, it, never, it never in my mind clicked until two days ago. That the podcast is a thing and a po- and and that the poetic properties podcast is doing the very thing that I say that I want it to do. It is a thing. It has hit. Just because it hasn't hit millions doesn't mean that it hasn't hit. So I want to apologize to everybody who listens to this podcast. But I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you why and how it clicked to me. So, like I said last week, or the week before last, the the YouTube 
uh, or the visual of the podcast was horrible. I don't know what happened. I don't know how, why, what. It was horrible. DW hit me like, hey, man, we got to figure this out. And I'm like, what happened? He's like, I looked up and the podcast was super choppy. Like, you know, he was giving me like like he always does. We always talk about the podcast um, like because that's my guy besides besides um, professional stuff. Like that's my guy or besides him supporting the the peacefully flaw like i feel like that's my guy he gives me good information um insight um on on things and so he said we got to figure it out and so i'm i'm confused at first like what do you mean we got to figure it out he's like bro i looked up that thing is super duper choppy boom 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 he's telling me um we got to figure out the camera thing we got like something we got to do something It's, it's time and so immediately, I'm like, dang, like, I disappointed my guy. Like, if he think it's messed up, you know, what is everybody else going to say? Because like, people are not going to say, hey, it's messed up. I need you to fix it or this is how you fix it or or. What are you using, yada, yada, whatever? They just going to bash you, be like, oh, that's trash. Your recording is trash. Your audio is trash, yada, yada, whatever. Because that's just where we live in. So when he said that, I'm like, man. So I was like, all right, bro. I said, well, I listen to it because um, what I do, I listen to it audio first, make sure that it's clear enough on the um, on Spotify, on Apple. Uh, then I watch the YouTube. But I hadn't watched the YouTube. I hadn't even watched it until he said something. So I watched it, and I'm like, I'm not going to, like, it was horrible. It was horrible. I I, I realized it was horrible, but I'm like, I'm not going to delete it because I can't fix it. And I'm going to use it as a as a, as a, uh, a teachable moment because I want somebody to, to go through the podcast, see how it grows, and then I want them to see how, when in my mind I, I, I think I have something fixed, how it breaks down. And you have to be you have to be ready for someone to come in and say, hey, that's it don't look like it's supposed to look. And so, again, this whole time, I'm, you know, when a podcast becomes a, a thing and blah, 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 blah. Now, mind you. This is my guy. And this whole time that we talk been talking about this podcast, like when I say stuff, he'll come into our group chat and be like, oh, Hughes is boom, 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 boom. He's talking about this. He's dropping this. Or he'll joke with me or whatever. Um, he'll joke with me about something that happens. Whole while, like understanding the, you know, a deeper level of what I'm saying, you know. But sometimes he don't, it, it ain't about the deeper thing. He want to get his jokes off. And that's what we do. So. He tells me that uh, the week before last. So now I'm discouraged because I don't know what happened. Like, I don't know what to do. Um, but before, before I realized that I didn't fix it, I had put out the promo for last week. Completely different name uh, of episode 56. Now I put it out. Then I realized I didn't fix the issue. Like I, I didn't I didn't know what to do. So now I'm I'm discouraged, I'm frustrated, 
that's now added to my depression because I feel like I broke it. Now I'm getting down on myself. So I'm like, I'm not even recording the audio. So I didn't record the audio. And this, again, this is my podcast. I can be honest and I can give it up. I was discouraged because I couldn't fix it. And I don't know who watches the 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 YouTube, but I if if it's available and it's something that is the norm for podcasting, I want to make sure that I'm doing everything that I can to possibly help everywhere that I can help. So I put out the promo. I realized that I didn't fix it, but I had already put out the promo. So I'm like, damn. So I do another post. I'm like, due to technical difficulties, uh, the episode is postponed, right? So telling him this is the camera that I have, this is the camera that I want. He like, man, what's you know, what's the price of it? We'll be talking like like really kind of not digging in like in a mean way, but really like trying to get down to, you know, what we gotta what we gotta do to make this a, a thing to where the technical difficulties aren't there. So I show him the camera that I have, and he's like, all right, I have two of those. You definitely, like, even though that that's quote-unquote brand new, it's old technology-wise. So you do have to get something else to to fit what you're trying to do or whatever. So I'm like, all right, well, this is the camera that that I want. And he's like, all right, well, uh, how much it costs, yada, yada, whatever. So I send it to him, and he's like, you, you like, you're willing to find something comparable to that, right? And I'm in my mind, I'm like, fuck you mean? Like this I want this is what I want. But the way that he said it was in a way like for what? Like, do like is that is that something that like are you set on that for whatever reason? Because it's it's the need like that's the only thing that's gonna work and this is what I this is how I took it not what he said he simply said like fam you you willing to go like you willing to find something comparable meaning you don't have to spend twelve hundred fourteen hundred eleven you don't have to spend that money for what you're trying to do so why are you set on this that's what I took from what he said and so I went back to the drawing board. And I'm like, why did I choose that camera? Like, what, what, like, like, what, what, what was it? Because I have a, I have an in-home studio. I don't, um, like, I do everything in in the house. If I was a traveling podcast, if I was, uh, like, a, a different type of element podcast, the twelve hundred dollar camera would be perfect because I don't have to do a bunch of different things to the settings. I like, I could just stick and move, but his simple question of, are you willing to find something comparable? It triggered my mind to say, okay, the camera that I have now, what's the main issue? I figured that out. Bet. Found a camera that, does exactly what I need it to do. Exactly. No extras needed to like, like plug it in, do what you want it to do. Right. 
the week goes. So I'm talking to him like, yeah, man, I fixed it, yada, yada, whatever. And again, I always say when this podcast becomes a thing, blah, 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 not realizing it's a thing to some people. I think it was two days ago. I said, if I can figure everything out, here's the here is the title of the next episode. Thinking like, oh, all right, cool. Like, we're back. I don't know if it was the way that I worded it. And I'm glad that I worded it like that because it triggered his response to say, you know, you could just wait, right? Like, you don't you don't have to rush and 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 make it like something's going to happen or, or something like that. He said something about, like, cut all this cock teasing out. And when he said that, I was like, oh, shit, the podcast is a thing to him. Like, this ain't, like, that response wasn't a response of the homie, like, joking. That was a response of, hey, fam, I listen to your podcast for a reason. Yeah, I'm your homeboy and all that type of shit, but you're a wildin'. Like, like, quit quit making me think that an episode is coming, and then we don't get it because of a technical difficulty or whatever. So I had, like, when he said that, I've been sitting on that thought from two days ago, and it's, like, searing into my mind. Stop saying when this podcast become a thing, because it is a thing. Some people need this podcast and it's evident and, and, and I'm sitting here thinking people just listening to it because it's me. I had the audacity to, to feel like I'm so charismatic and so cool and I'm such a good friend that you gonna listen to this solely because you're my friend. But the lack of faith in myself, to myself, of not understanding this is a thing already. That was eye-opening for me. That really changed the way that I think about my purpose of this podcast, my like the things that I talk about. The, the the genuine place that I come from when, when I am talking about these things. I've been like, I, I've been really like, like, damn, like, I didn't realize that. I see the numbers. They're not high. Uh, they're not high numbers. Per country, but I've reached enough countries to understand, yo, it's important. And it took me to say, hey, if everything works out, this is the new episode. And for him, for that to piss him off to say, bro, like, all right, enough is enough. But that's been sitting in my mind like, oh, man. So with that, 
it's it, I have to take like I was always taking it seriously, but now I have to take it more seriously because when I now say, hey, hit me up, let's talk about it. Or when I say we here for each other and stuff like that, and I'm just saying it, hoping that it will like you will understand that I mean it. So now when I'm saying it. That statement let me know, like. I hear you. And what you are saying is important. Quit playing with me. Quit thinking that this is not a real thing. Quit going half ass. What and, and and I'm saying half ass loosely because I really do be giving my all when I get this stuff. But when I when I get in my way, like I did last week, I'm just discouraged. I couldn't figure it out. Yada out whatever. I'm um um, I'm I'm stealing from y'all. I didn't got y'all hooked on something, and I and I'm thinking that I I'm thinking I'm talking to the air. I'm thinking that I'm having these sessions and, you know, it says three views and one view and two views. And I'm just like, I'm just doing this for me. But disrespecting that two views, that one views and not disrespecting it, like not being appreciative, but not understanding this podcast has hit and it hits for people and it's necessary. And it took that statement for me to understand that. And so now it's. My thought process of this whole thing is even it's, it's it's even more important because these sessions are like we together in these sessions. I'm saying stuff that you probably like looking at your partner like, yo, that like I feel like that sometimes. Are you watching and listening to it by yourself and you dealing with yourself like, man, I'm I'm glad somebody is 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 showing me a different way to think about this, showing me a different light. You know, and and teaching me how to understand and and making sure that I'm understanding who I am, who I'm supposed to be for me. You know, uh, like holding myself accountable, regulating my emotions so that I'm not responding to things in a way that's going to create conflict. I've learned for myself. I'm not responding to you. Like if I love you and I want you around me. And I know that my life will be at a deficit without you. My responses are. They're always going to be real, but they're going to be tailored to, I know I love you and I know you are my friend. I know I want you to be my partner. I know that you are my child. Like I'm going to respond in a way that you get my point respectfully, but you understand like if I'm mad, I'm mad. If I'm hurt, I'm hurt. But I don't want to respond in a way that you are going to not ever want to talk to me again or it creates a funky level of energy uh, uh, between us. So. I can't like <laughs> I've been waiting, y'all, you don't understand. Um, so, yeah, anyways, that's what happened. I got to take it more seriously and. I'm sorry, I, I like I'm so excited, and this happens a lot with the level of anxiety that I have. Like I just like I get lost. So, anyways, oh wait, no, I wasn't lost. I said this is really eye opening that people are appreciative of these uh, sessions, and 
I have to be more careful of how I show my appreciation towards what I'm doing and understanding that when I'm releasing these sessions and I'm saying the things that I'm saying and there's people who listen, I have to understand that the pod, these sessions are hitting. This is a thing for everybody who listens and everybody who's supposed to listen, listens. And it's evident that they get something from it. And when I don't do the pods, it leaves a void. Like if if it's their routine, it leaves a void in their routine. Um, So, Appreciate DW for checking me in a way that only he could to make me really think about the value that this podcast, one, has in the mental health space. Um, But the reason, another reason why it was so strong because we started a book club. And um, our first book, like, and y'all know I'm for real because y'all know I don't I don't be talking about nobody's stuff on here for real. The 1619 Project, and it just opened my eyes to to so much. Like it really, really did. Um, so everything is hitting me different. Like, like everything the way, um. The way my employer de- employer deals with me, the way that uh, the kids deal with me, the way their mother deals with me, the way my friends deal with me, like the way my family, like it, it just hits, it, it, it made everything hit so different. And it's so much that, it's so much in this book that we weren't taught in history and being able to have those thoughts connected like those like you will be in the middle of something that feels like deja vu right and you will feel like like you have the answer to it or you know how to maneuver through it but you don't know how you don't know you don't know how you know that you don't know why you 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 feel that you don't know why you think that and but you just do This book connects a lot of that or connected a lot of that for me. Um, It connected a lot of that. Like it affected me in a way that I didn't think that it would have. I thought I would be able to to look at it, uh, to to read it, accept the history for what it what it was and and move on. But when I say this created a, a listen when i this is a this book is life changing if you take the time and you listen and you can recollect the things that on the things that uh you were taught in history um and the things you studied about and those pieces were it, it was certain pieces of things that was always missing this book will 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 piece it together for you uh, one of the main things that for me is never even knowing what uh, 1619 was, never even knowing that, you know, black people were here, people of color were here. Like, it's so much in that. It's just, it's so much in that. I'm not a historian, so I don't want to fully go in depth of 
of that because again, y'all know me. I really try to 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 go off the uh, the facts of what I know. But this the fact is, this is a great book, and I feel that it's necessary for uh, black. I don't even want to say black. Anybody who who wants to understand history, anybody who feels like pieces of, of history is missing, read this book. Audio, audible it. This is not a paid thing. Like, I don't know the author or anything like that. Um, all I know is that I read it and it changed my life about so many things. Like, the value... After reading this book, the value of or in which I calculate within myself has risen so much because of the understanding I got from from the 1619 Project. Uh, everybody like like because it paints black people in a light outside of, of slavery. It tells a story of, and not tells a story, but it gives you insight on what really was going on, like those pieces that were missing of enslavement. People are going to complain about it, and they're going to try to sway you not to read this book, and they're going to try to tell you these are false and that's false, and read the book, and then you make the the, the assumption yourself. I don't go by reviews because, for me, reviews are perspective. Um, if it sounds interesting enough, or if it's it's educational enough, then I'm gonna I'm gonna read it. That's just that's just what it is. Or I'm gonna listen to it. In this case, I started reading it. Um, but y'all know I got a zoo here, so I switched over to the audio version on Audible, and and it's um, narrated by the author. Um, Nicole Hannah Jones and other people who contributed to the book I suggest that you go ahead and and do that Um, how can I say this there were there were a lot of chapters that really there are 18 chapters and a lot of it a lot of it stuck to me but the main chapter that stuck with me and created this 1619 effect for me was the chapter on inheritance. It's chapter 11, uh, just in case you want to just go to that. But that chapter connected so much for me and the way that we struggle in our community with poverty, uh, lack of generational uh, wealth, lack of knowing how to save money, like not being uh, not being taught these things. This book solidified my thought on not being so hard on the lessons that our parents and grandparents taught us. Because it's, it, it was fear. That was just a thought to me. That was just a, a general 
this is what was this is what was happening during those times while they were growing up. So the lessons that they learned, they are teaching from from their time frame. Not not their perspective per se, but their time frame. This book, excuse me, this book connected why. There's a few things that are in the inheritance chapter. But what stuck out to me is there was a there was a story being told of how people were getting killed just for being successful. Black people. Simply for doing well in their business and simply because they were able to take advantage of whatever freedoms they had to get land and and build, you know, uh, and build on that land, have cattle and have something to to leave for their kids and stuff like that. There was a story in there where this there's a story where there's a family. And they had a, uh, I guess they had a, uh, a mini store, a corner store, or whatever. But it was successful. It was successful enough for the family to have uh, cattle. It was successful enough for them to to drive in, you know, a nice car for for the time. And he was killed at uh, at the store. He was killed by some white men. He was killed by some white man and uh, thrown in a ditch. And it goes on to say how there was a there was a rumor or a, there was a rumor or something going around on a spiritual that you know you couldn't get into heaven with with your boots on. You had to, you had to make sure your shoes are off. And there's a part where they're talking about the people who killed this man. They didn't have on masks because at the time it didn't it didn't matter. You weren't allowed to, as a black person, defend yourself. You weren't allowed, like you didn't have any rights in court, anything like that. So they didn't, they really didn't need masks. But because he was successful, he was killed. And then after he was killed, you know, it it, it started to talk about how his kids got old, like one of his kids was traumatized uh, to the point to where he had dropped out of uh, dropped out of school very early. Um, had some mental uh, mental issues himself. Got uh, committed um, because of the of witnessing that, uh, remembering having remembering trying to take his father's boots off because all he could think about was you know you can't get in heaven with your boots on. And they will go on to talk about how after they killed after they killed uh this gentleman, they went to his property, shot up the house, like tore his house up, they sold his cattle for uh way less than what it would what what it cost or whatever, which caused the family to basically leave the town. All the kids were just all the kids were tore up and distraught mentally, uh, financial wise, work wise, school wise, etc. Right. And then it hit me that. 
we have no generational wealth at any level as black people because people were dying if they got too wealthy. If you were black and you were able to make a way for your family and people assume you were arrogant or for any reason they could take your life with no justice and ruin you. And I'm certain that this, this, this story is not the only story that exists like this, but it's, but that's the story in the book. And that, that touched me. Like it messed with me like mentally, but it really like on a, on an emotional level because I'm an entrepreneur and I get discouraged at times with, you know, not uh, selling enough product with, you know, not getting enough views, not getting enough downloads on the poems and stuff because, um, you know, I'm trying to work hard. Like, like I have hella life insurance for my kids, but I want, but, but in my mind, I'm like, nah, I want to make sure that, um, I get, I, I want them to see us successful. I want them to see and, in in and, and know that they are somebody and they can do this. And it started bothering me because I'm like, you hear this black excellence and you hear, you know, oh, black people are poor or people of color are poor, this, that, and the other. And then when you read something like this and you're able to piece it together and understand that we weren't taught how to save, not because we are incapable of saving, because it was a fear of death. We're at a deficit because our ancestors and our grandparents and, and, and great grandparents and great, they were scared to tell us to be entrepreneurs because of the stories they had to endure uh, and the story or, or the lives they had to endure and the stories they had to hear. That's why they say, yo, you got to go to work. You got to you, you got to work them them 60 hour weeks. You can't do for like you can't build your name. And it's crazy because over the past two, three, four months, like my post, I've been like, trust me, build your name, build your name, build your name. I understand now why it's so hard to build your name. I understand why in the in people of color it's hard for us. And, and it's almost like we feel ashamed or embarrassed to build our name. We have to try to get connected with somebody who already has a name because we don't want our name. Like, like we rather build our name enough to work for somebody than go through the struggles of building ourselves to be the, the name. I understand now. I understand that our great grandparents couldn't own nothing. And if they did, it, it it had to be mediocre. That affected me in a way that I can I, like I will never not hustle for peacefully flawed. I will never not hustle for infinitely complex productions, recite night. I will never stop. I will. I, I don't care if I. I don't care. I'm going to keep on trying to build for the simple fact that the only thing that I have to deal with today is an internet troll. I don't have to worry about if I sell 20 pair of shoes or I don't have to worry about if I get this business in a position to where I can truly take care of my family. I don't have to worry about death. 
I don't have to worry about somebody busting in my house because I'm an entrepreneur, because my name means something, because I am now uh, in a position to leave something to my kids. I don't have to worry about somebody busting in my house and killing me just for that. We always, oh, you spoon fed or yada yada. Like we, like we get down on our our culture. Like you'll see somebody that parents that that raised them right. Oh, you a sucker. You spoil. You this. I understand. You're not a sucker. You 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 are able to live the life that we that our ancestors should have been able to live, which is your parents work hard for something. They teach you how to work hard, but in that they still pass on to you inheritance, whether it's property, whether it's money, whether it's knowledge, whether it's skill, whether it's uh, uh, ways for you to get in whatever the family business is that made them rich. You're not spoiled. Your parents did the right thing. Your parents was able to break out of that fear. I don't fault the parents who still are stuck in that fear or still were stuck in that fear to not teach us. Because I didn't know. Because, again, we going off these societal standards that tell you that our parents were ignorant. Our parents couldn't read. Our parents couldn't do this. Our parents are incapable of saving. Our parents, blah, 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 blah. But in reality, it's like, it's in us not to save. It's in us not to be flashy. It's in us not to build our name because our families got killed for that. I understand now why a lot of us have that inherent need to be low. Meaning not bring attention to yourself in any manner. I understand it now. I didn't before. I thought it was like, oh, you know, that's the cool thing. Like, just stay low, stay out the way. And we associate that with with uh, uh, with trying to be cool. But the reality of it is that's a feeling inside of us that is passed down from our ancestors that we like. It's a it's a deja vu. Like you're not trying to lay low because you just want to lay low. It's something in you that tells you, hey, I don't need to bring attention to myself. I don't want to bring attention to myself. And what that is, that's that that's that ancestral DNA in you like, fam, you better relax. You need to like just just do your thing and stay out of the way. Like think about that. Just do your th- like like who taught you that? Why, why is that so strong in you to, to stay out of the way? Yeah, we think about it now as a result to, to gang life and, and law enforcement, yada, yada, whatever. But even before that, staying low was like when, like when, you don't, when you didn't even have anything to stay low for. You're just like, I'm going to stay out of the way. I understand it now. As people of color, you couldn't, you couldn't be successful. You couldn't put yourself in a position for your grandkids to be safe. You couldn't put yourself in a position for your kids to be safe. You had to be able to work until you had just the right amount and a dollar over that 
nah, you got to go. I understand now why, I understand why now it's so hard for, for people of color to save money. I understand why we get money and we try to get that we, we, we spend, 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 and we try to go this place and that place and people, oh, you're living outside of your means and yada, yada, whatever. I'll, I don't criticize people for doing anything, but I'm going to tell you now, I, I'm going to encourage people. I don't care if it's outside, if it's outside your means. You understand what these people went through just for being successful, just for working hard enough. Like, I can't even imagine having a business back then when the world hated you. Where are you getting your product from? Who is your suppliers? Do you know how much you had? To, you know how much they had to go through to even get inventory? And then when they got it, they had to worry about somebody burning it down and, and them not having insurance, but having to rebuy that inventory after not making any profit because somebody burnt their store down, because somebody killed them, because you trying to steal and I'm like, hey, don't steal. I have a simple disagreement with you. So you, you, you kill me, you burn my house down or you shoot up my house. You sell my cattle. My family now has to run. And I'm the head of that household as a black man. I'm a, as a person of color, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm the head of the household. So without me, especially in those times, without me, the provider to lead, we have nothing. That inheritance chapter 11 really had an effect on me. I said on 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 the live show when I was uh celebrating the birth of of this business. I had no idea I would eventually read this book. I had no idea that this 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 inheritance chapter would would be there and be so uh potent to to what I'm trying to accomplish. And I get frustrated when I can't find certain things that like I'm looking for these track suits and nobody wants to give me the connect to the track suits. Um, even though I'm not in their particular space, like I'm talking to people who are like already millions and millions of views and, and solidified and stuff like that. Like they don't want to. Oh, well, here, you know, they don't want to give it for free. Just a simple, hey, you know, you can go here or like even a roundabout. And I, it, I'm like, all right, cool. So when I get information and people ask, I give it to them for free. Like I've, I've sent so many emails of how I got started my business, what I had to do. And I'm talking from jump to, to now. And people are like, oh, well, this is what I'm thinking about All right here. This is the vendors that I use. Here go to websites. Uh, here's who I use to get my LLC. Uh, here's the turnaround time. Here's the cost of the platform. Here, boom, boom, boom. I don't care because... I don't care if you go and you mimic the same exact thing that I do. I'm still me. And if you are able to mimic me and somebody comes to you over me, then that means that I'm not doing my job and being authentic enough for me to keep those people because I'm, I, I, I'm trying to create inheritance. I don't know what you're trying to do with the information you, you get in from me. I do not care, but I know that 
I have to be authentic enough in what I'm doing so that I could, if 10 people sat next to me and I gave them every single thing that I had to get started and they created that same exact business, that I'll still get the love of the people because what I'm doing is important to the people who are around me and the people who I reach out to and the people who I speak to. Just like I expect them to gain uh, uh, their own thing, their own supporters and stuff like that. After reading this chapter, there's uh, I do not I, I will not settle in this business. My goal is my goal for this business, but I will not settle for no podcast, no selling. I'm not I don't like I don't care if it's zero views, one views, two views. I'm going to get my ass up and I'm doing it. I don't care if it's one sale, two sales, I'm going to still invest to try to figure out how to get more sales. I don't care if I get one uh, album download, two album downloads, a single download, I'm still going to do that poetry because people died trying to build wealth for their kids. And I'll be damned if I'm discouraged by a motherfucker who can't do what I'm doing. And not that what I'm doing is uh, it's, it's such a high skill set. I'm just not scared to fail. And when you are not scared to fail and you go out and, and, and you come across these people, that's all these trolls are. These are people who have an idea or possibly have the idea of whatever you're doing and they are scared to put in their time. They're scared to, to put in that couple of hundred dollars to get it started. They're scared that nobody's going to support because they're not doing it for, they're not doing it for the, the growth of the people. They're scared to fail because they're doing it from a selfish place. I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this because I need to build something for my kids. I'm doing this podcast because I need to to make sure my mind is right and these these sessions help and clearly they help other people. I have to do this. Chapter 11 made me realize, bro, if you are given the opportunity to even pass down $100 to your kids from a business you created, you have been able to freely do more than your ancestors because the moment that they made enough profit to take care of their family in a, in a positive way, to go over and beyond, to live free, to be able to do nice things outside of just going to work and going home, those people were killed. I got to keep building I gotta, I, I gotta put my myself and I gotta put my kids in a in a position that they can receive inheritance. And if nothing else, if if they don't receive millions of dollars from me in inheritance, they receive the knowledge and the strength and the 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 know how to build their own business, so that they can pass on to their kids. And again, if that don't work, hopefully they instill into my grandkids what I'm instilling into them as a result to building yourself up. And one day it's going to hit. And what I mean by hit this time, because again, I'm, I'm the podcast is a hit. What I mean by hit this time, 
one of these generations, if I keep on passing out, if if I start now and 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 teaching them about inheritance and, and showing them that I'm going to keep going and keep grinding and I'm able to give them something significant to their lives to add value to their lives and they're able to keep doing it. And maybe in my gener- in, in my lifetime, we don't see millions. Maybe in their lifetime, they don't see millions. Maybe two lifetimes after from the, the seeds that I'm planting right now, maybe three generations from now. They'll be millionaires from the seed of inheritance, the the idea of inheritance and the proper way of uh, to think about inheritance. Maybe I could break that cycle that was passed down to me out of fear. This book affected me in such a positive way. Like I see the things like because because I'm human, I'm human. I see the things that I see the negative things. Like I see the things that that we went through as people of color, Native Americans, uh, black people. Um, they talked about uh, a little bit about um, the LG LGBT community. I see what the the world has done to all minority groups. Some more harsher than the others in different areas. Some more lenient than like I see what they have done. Excuse me, like this book has connected it, right? When I read this book, I do see pain. I do see hurt. I do see chaos. But more importantly, I see that I am in a position to for my family. I'm in a position after reading this, understanding it, I am in a position to now completely break all of it. I've said this before, you know, even knowing this book existed, that I'm breaking these these socio uh, so the societal stereotypes and I'm not giving that to my kids because I see what how they want you to think. I see the games that they play and how they push their agendas in 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 and stuff on you, whether it's about uh uh, race, ethnicity, whether it's about your sexual orientation, whether it's about uh, uh, transitioning from man to, to to woman or woman to man, like I see, I see what's happening. I personally mind my business if it's if it's not harmful to me. I don't care what's going on. I don't look at people. Uh, uh, I don't look at people's race as the thing that tells me. Like, we're going to be cool or not. I don't look at people's gender to tell me if we're going to be cool or not. I don't have a problem with nobody who don't have no problem with me, period. I'm too focused on building this business. I'm too focused on making sure my kids' mental is right. I'm too focused on uh, dealing with my own uh, mental stuff to get through it. But I know that I saw what I saw in this book, and I understand it, and being able to piece it together with the history or lack thereof history that I've been taught throughout my uh, schooling, like I'm able to piece things together. Like so much, so many things start running through my mind, and so many gaps um, in stories. Because I, I, I remember being young and, and, and hearing certain things and having these history assignments and not really understanding, like, how do we go from that to that? Like, something's missing here. But we're not taught it. Like, it, we, for whatever reason, I mean, I know the reason, but again, this ain't that podcast. I'm not going there. I read that book and the piece stuff together, and I was like, wow, 
Like, so that's why it's this way. That's why we think like this. And it affected me in a way that I started researching different things about the business, even more so. Taking this more seriously, I start putting together a plan of how I want, you know, uh, this to be or that to be. And not for the sake of it to just be that way, but because I got to build inheritance because I can. I have uh, uh, the freedom to do so. I have the skill to do so. I have the know-how to, to, to do so. Our ancestors were getting killed for being able to put their their family in good positions. And because of that, generations later, people of color, we struggle with saving. Statistically, we don't have high level of uh, generational wealth. They still look at us a certain way because... You know, we name our kids things that like the 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 long joke of of people of color or black people. They name their the they name their children names of things that they want but can't afford. When you when you go on a vacation, you see a lot of people. Uh, what you going on vacation for? Just to come back back to poverty, just to come back to the ghetto or yada yada whatever. That's how they talk to you. And the reality of it is, it's a it's a it's a conflict if you break in, like the people who are able to just let it go. I'm going on vacation. I don't care if I'm coming back to twenty kids, chaos, roaches, and rats. I'm going on this vacation. I'm enjoying my vacation. I'm gonna act like don't none of that stuff even exists in this moment. I get it. I didn't at first, but after reading this book, I get it. People were dying just for being profitable in their business. People were like, the ultimate thing is death. The ultimate promise of life is death. And it should be something natural and old age and and just I live the, the best life that I, 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 I could have. And I taught my kids and I loved and, you know, I fought and I believed and there was chaos and I learned and it should be a natural flow of just life. But people were getting killed. For just doing good. For their families. I don't know these people personally. I don't know in the midst of the arguments that they were having, what they said, what was said. I know that death is the ultimate. And if you're telling me that our ancestors, our ancestors deserve death for just trying to have a better living. It don't add up. I want to be able to pass my kids inheritance. Whether it's finances, whether it's property, whether it's knowledge. I want to give them inheritance because I'm not facing death. There's no reason why I'm not 
going hard on my business. There's no reason why I'm not giving the best that I can give at work until I can put myself in a position to leave and fully put uh, put my time into the business. But what I, I what I what I can do is understand that I have the free will. I have the know-how. I have the freedom to create inheritance for them. I don't have to worry about it ending because I'm working hard. I don't have to worry about a disagreement taking my life because you hating on me. And I'm defending myself because I worked hard for this and I'm not going to let you. I don't have to worry about that. You like it or not liking something doesn't concern me. Once I put it out in the earth, it is yours to critique. And if that critique is it's trash, that's what it is. But guess what? You had to get the product to tell me it was trash. You had to listen to the pod to tell me it was trash. I said before, laughter becomes intrigue, intrigue becomes support. Trust me. After reading this, you can laugh all you want to. You can discredit all you want to because that's all that's what's in here. The history of us. And I'm not saying this is the complete history, but it pieces so much together and how there were so many conflicts of uh of it was so many conflicted behavior solely because we weren't white. And y'all know I don't I don't do the politics. I don't play the race game or anything like that. Y'all know y'all know me by now. So I'm not going out here and I'm not going to make this a, you know, disrespect anybody of any color type situation, because that's not at all what I got from the book. What I got from the book is there are things that was happening in a time that I cannot control. But I am in a time now that I have freedom of speech and I don't have to worry about getting killed for it. I'm at a time now that I have the the know-how and ability to get up and go to work nine to five and, and put in my work in, in my business. I have the, the skill set to make money at work, to make money in this business. I have the 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 hunger, the hunger to let my kids see the results of this hard work that I'm putting in so that they are able to pass it on for, for, for time, for years to come. So they're able to give it to their kids and so on. I want to, I want to solidify the idea of inheritance of my kids so strong that they're able to, without me ever, you know, making it a major thing in, 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 you know, pound it into their head. I want to be so passionate about what I'm doing and what I'm trying to grow and why I'm trying to grow it. If they're able to pass it on to their kids and they're in and, and, and so on and so forth. If you haven't read this book, I'm telling you, it is a must read. If you are any race, the effect that it's going to have on you, if you are a civilized person that has a, 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 a just the slightest level of understanding of how people should and should not be treated. This book is something that it, it, it's it's amazing and you will learn so much. You'll learn so much. 
Um, it's much more than inheritance in this book, but that really just stuck with me because of what I'm trying to do in my life. So I suggest you guys get it on Audible, get a hard copy or whatever, um, and go at it. 1619 Project, one of the best things I ever read in my life, one of the best um, history lessons that I endured in my life. And I'm grateful for coming across this book. I'm grateful for DW is mentioning this for our book club because it was right on time for me and what I'm going through um, and my mental battles and my, my, my day to day, my business battles, my understanding um, when it comes to people being negative towards me and stuff like that. I just, it, it helped so much peace. It, it helped peace so much together. And I'm forever grateful for, for this book. And again, I just like, I, I want to thank Nicole um, and her team. I, I thanked her on Twitter, but I, I wanted to thank her and her team um, for putting this together and getting it out there and, and being able to deal with and handle the criticism that has come from it. But like I said, I don't it's not the review. The, the book was suggested for the book club. It was, I didn't read a review about it. I didn't like nobody told me about it. Um, I was in a dark about this book i think it's a couple years old at at this time. well i don't know if it i don't know i don't know all i know it was suggested to me um i chose not to uh to read reviews about it i chose to just solely read it myself and i'm glad that i did it solidified so much more and connected so much more that was necessary um it also made me understand that when i say that no matter the obstacles, no matter the trials and tribulation, no matter the darkness, we must get to the light. I've been saying that because that came to me. After reading this book, I understand why. 